After continuing to drive home the message of just how firm this deadline was for the PGA Tour and the PIF to solidify their framework agreement, it's a bit surprising at just how easily it seemed to have been pushed off in a 11th hour memo sent out by Jay from the PGA Tour ex effectively extending this deadline. And there's some wording in that memo, which we're going to get to in just a second, which I think is quite interesting and kind of shed some additional light on why this deal is just not seeming to be solidified. But we've got also a lot of frustration that we've got to address that we're yeah. seeing mm -hmm. from fans. And there's one tweet I want to bring up. It, uh, Phil Mickelson even responded to it in a way of his own special Phil way of trying to calm the waters down a little bit. But I think it's the same frustration that's being expressed by a lot of us. We're going to get to that in a second too. Uh, but Mike, one thing we've got to chat about, we're going to dig into what we truly believe are some of the real reasons why this is not getting done. Yeah. Because I can only say that it had to have been a significant reason for it to not happen after how much, again, like we kept hearing that the, the deadline was so very yeah. firm. Mm -hmm. So it just tells us there, there's more under this than we think. Oh, yeah. And I got like my, my foil hat conspiracy idea, too. I want to run by with it because <laughs> I just think that it's a mess. And I think there's a lot of things going on. And I'm seeing it all over Twitter and there's some new ideas surfacing of people, what they think are happening, and, and I kind of agree. Yeah, and well, you couldn't be more right about, like, conspiracy theories abound, and I think that's been a problem from the start with this, mm -hmm. was has been the true lack of communication. Yeah. You know, and I, that's one area where we've heard calls for new leadership, and when you have such little communication, what you get is a lot of speculation. But first, let's go to this tweet, um, because, again, we're, we're getting, like, information from the players involved in drips and drabs, and some of it comes directly from tweets responses even comments we've seen before yeah. mm -hmm. um so this one we saw a tweet uh joe pompanillo uh he says the pga merger talks uh being extended is a bummer for golf he said many fans are just exhausted by the whole experience they've stopped following updates they aren't excited about any pga or live events and plan on only watching the majors uh that's a quick way to eliminate the casual fan i've heard it being i've heard it said you know, and people and just I, frustrate. Like, I don't even want to watch golf anymore. I'll just watch the majors. And I think that. the perfect word he used in there was exhausted. Mm -hmm. And I think there's definitely a degree of of headline fatigue and news fatigue in general with these constant like where it seems like we're going to have some information come out. And again, lack of communication. The information just yeah. doesn't come. So you guys, first of all, weigh in in the comments as we dive into this conversation. Let us know. Are are you still? equally as interested in the updates as you were when this first happened or do you feel like you kind of agree with joe's tweet here where it's a little bit of exhaustion that's coming out dude what do you what do you think they're all fighting about who's that like all these people what do you think this is all about money right well, told, yeah and it's maybe. their money it's not our money right so that's why we're kind of exhausted at this point it's not but but for me I, what i want to know mainly is um who's in who's out are they playing in majors What's it going to look like? Are they going to be on TV? Can I watch live? Is PJ Tour going to be on the same? That's the questions. Right. And that's the exhausting part. And, and, and where I do agree is that we are, again, we've said this before here on the podcast, we're the kind of the diehards who are watching yeah. every day. I mean, we do an entire podcast about golf. Of mm -hmm. course, we're going to be in it. Where I, again, worry is the casual viewer. Because I can see how this can 
put people off. I could see how it could bring some in because sure. some people they enjoy and they crave that drama. And mm -hmm. it's it, look, we've had things like the Netflix series that have just really thrived on the drama. Yeah, right. Right. So there's going to be some people who are going to be pulled in, but I think there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be kind of put off by this in a large way. I think that's what it needs to be resolved. I mean, we did a whole podcast uh, recently on talking about the golf ball rollback. And yeah. I said, mm -hmm. I, I felt a similar thing. I felt it was, it was not so much the diehard so much as the casual players the casual fans are going to see this and just be put off by the idea of the golf ball being slowed down but right. th i digress again it's just yeah. the idea of this bigger picture mm -hmm. but let's get back to what M phil said so phil mickelson jumps in and responds says joe i understand what you're saying however when it's all said and done the average fan will see all the best players compete against each other way more often than before and throughout the world sponsors will know what it what it uh what it is they are buying and everyone will end up ahead let's all be patient so phil is labeling live it's going to be this international product soon that everyone's going to be able to watch well it's interesting you say that because your mind went where my mind went when you heard him say throughout the world right to me, that's you saw. We looked at the live schedule for next year. Live is very much more of an yeah. I would call an international league, mm -hmm. right? Where they play more so than the PGA Tour being a largely domestic league here. Right. To me, that wording, if you break it apart, almost feels like like Phil is almost saying like the best player is going to be absorbed into live. Is what it seems like, mm -hmm. right? But to me, this just adds yeah. more confusion to the entire thing. Totally. I'm confused even more than ever. Right. And, right. and, and you have to break apart because Phil is from the start. He's been kind of the biggest cheerleader for Liv, mm -hmm. obviously. So you know he's going to come out with a statement somewhat like this. But does it really shed any light on whether or not the deal is going to get done? Because to me, that wording, it, it, uh, remember, the framework as it stands is largely this new PGA Tour-led enterprise right. that's going to be developed. To me, this doesn't seem like it's more light on that. So you can take Phil's comments however you want and let us know what you guys think about him in the comments. But more so, I think, is like I, I got more out of this guy Joe's tweet. Then I got out of Phil's tweet because I felt like more so he's kind of starting to voice the frustration that so many of us truly have, Exactly, which is whether or not this deal is going to happen. Right. Uh, and, I, and I would imagine, too, that it's not just us. I imagine the players are exhausted, too. Mm -hmm. uh, we even saw, here's a guy like recently, just again, there was a lot of news that happened kind of over the holiday break that I think would have been a lot louder had they not oh, happened during the holidays. The radar, yeah. But you had, um, and I'm going to paraphrase here because I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but you had Patrick Cantlay once again approached, asked if he was going to go to live, and he shut the rumors down in what I would say was probably the most uh, direct way that I've seen from a lot of players. Yeah. I've seen a lot of players kind of float around it, say it in one way, but kind of leave that door open so they could make that change right. in the future. Mm -hmm. And after Rom shook everything up, we all thought, well, any, at this point, anybody could go. But you look at his wording, and he was just like, Base, you know, very basically like set. It's set in stone, but you got to think a lot of these players have to be saying, "Look, I, you know, I'm exhausted too. We're all exhausted by this." So hmm. it leaves me wondering, like, what would be the reason to not just rip the bandaid off, get this over with, tell us the deal is either happening or it's not, rather than doing this another deadline pushed out and just, now using the target date, which is funny of the Masters. masters I know it's just right. I just don't think they. Ha I think there's some. Type of stalemate with something 
Right. And I have my theory. Well, I'll tell you I what, why don't you theory, uh, kick it off? Let's dive right into your theory now and well, and see what you think. Because like, like I said, I, we've, we've all got some yeah. reasons we're surmising. I mean, this is how I look at it. There are guys who left. There are guys who stayed. There, since the start of this whole live thing, very from the very start, everyone, fans, you name it, has said, "What about the guys who have stayed?" You know, loyalty. Right. When is their loyalty? And then I think there were times where they said, "Don't worry, your loyalty will be rewarded. It will be rewarded." So similar to how these guys are taking checks, Rom got a huge deal. He has to be there till twenty twenty nine. Maybe they want something to like a retain retaining bonus. Keep me here till twenty twenty nine. I will pledge my loyalty to the PGA Tour. I will talk negatively against Liv or de-promote it or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Words I'm making up. And, um, and I'll do that for, you know, $50 million, you know, upfront check. And I'll do that for you guys. I will be here. I will be your Scotty Scheffler. I'll be your Justin Thomas. But, you know, you got to keep me. So and then they go to these Fenway groups and they're in the part of these negotiations. And the, the guys, this is me just purely speculating here. Like saying part of the money we need is for these bonuses to keep these guys here. Okay. Because I, I got to think they want to be rewarded for this loyalty. It's one thing to say, like, I'm pledging allegiance to the PGA Tour. They're the greatest in the world. $200, $300 million. Thanks, but no thanks. Right. Well, let me ask you know. this. The PGA Tour has already basically said, and, and a big part of it, this has come from the players. And since and Tiger's been a big proponent of this since he joined the Players Advisory Board, has been that the players need more of an ownership stake in the PGA Tour, maybe that's how they'll get that bonus. Let me ask you: Do yeah. you do you do you think that's the same thing? Do you think that that gets it done, or do you feel that these guys need a check cut to them? I think it's both. <laughs> Believe <laughs> it or not, I think it's both. I think it's like um, I need something for the the the, the money lost, time lost money of what I would have had a year ago. I mean, look at the Kepkas. You know, they got very wealthy over the last year, and they changed their life, right? Right. Let's say the Kepka, Mister and Mrs. Kepka, because whatever. Uh, but. Uh, um, I think it's both because I think people get really wealthy on equity. I mean, the upfront bonus is really nothing to them. It's just whatever. Cause a lot of these guys who were get the bonus don't need 20 million mm-hmm. it's sad to say, but they don't need it. But I think it's the equity of them potentially 10 years from now, generations from now having a percentage ownership of something that could be worth a, you know, billions, if not maybe more. Right. Right. You know, in this new framework, that's my thought. Yeah, and look, we've seen, like I said, we've seen the push from the players of saying that they want that equity share. They yep. want all that type of stuff. Um, but then the pushback that I would have and the question I would have is like, let's say it was a guy like Cantlay. He's on the player advisory board. He's got a voice. He's, he's directly inputting into whether this deal gets done or not. Mm. If it is money he's after and that's holding up the deal then why would he not just take the live deal money and just go there? Because I, I just, again, I think it's just pledging loyalty. Like they're the evil empire. I don't want to talk bad about him and then go there. I don't want to have that look. You know what I mean? Like I am a PGA tour player. They are the cream of the crop. They're right, the best right. tour. But because I am here and because I remained loyal to you, I want to be rewarded. And this is not enough loyalty. So we're not in agreement. Hmm. That's what I think. So you're saying that their their preference would be to stay for the PGA Tour, but money is still a factor, and they, I think it's still a they factor. want it. They're just not quite making enough money. Yeah, is what you're saying. Look, I mean, it's guaranteed hard. money. I heard was another rumor that they wanted, somewhere. which would be the opposite of of having equity into the group, right. type of thing. Yeah, um, true. The, the The issue that I have is that I think, and it's been brought up. It, you're certainly not the first person to surmise that. It, it's becoming a thing where like basically it's it's pay to play like in, you know where these guys are going to be paid upfront money yes. 
The issue that I have to a certain extent with that is that, and I think some light of this was shown on, and whether you believe this or not, you guys can weigh in the comments on this too, but just before the holiday break, you had Shane Lowry basically mm. call out and say that Liv now owns uh, John Rahm. And he, what he said was the comments that you're seeing from Rom, the shift in his verbiage about live in general, sounding a little bit like regurgitated PR is because now that he is compensated directly for being in the league, they then own him. And but doesn't anyone? Well, that's the thing. Like, didn't I think, the Yankees own a Rod when they gave him three hundred million dollars or back in whatever? You know what I mean? Yes. So no matter what, if you sign a contract and get paid a lot of money, I don't care who or where, you're owned. But then I guess what that comes down to for me is whether we believe that golf, like a lot of other sports out there, and I'm not saying that I, there's a right or wrong answer to this. I want to see what people think. Should golf be a contract sport? You know, golf in the past was always, you know. Because now teams. Right, but in the past, what it was was you entered into events and you took home a paycheck based, based on, on your performance events. alone. Right, right. There was no longer you were just paid to be there. Live kind of introduced that. If the PGA Tour then matches that, and you start to be basically on one of the two teams at that point, yeah, and you're being paid for that. My concern is, what would that do overall to competition? I think you first and off. foremost. Well, like a lot of people have said that that's been the reason that they feel that live is not as com- they, you know, again speculative. Different people feel believe different things, but I've heard the, the the you know it's said commonly that some people are saying these guys aren't as motivated to do well. They're they're paid just whether they show just to show up. Yeah, I know it's tricky. I see what you're it's saying. Tricky. It's tricky, but if, if they got it right and they got had a way where they were contracted players and they earn money, but they also earned more. Based on performance. I would say the closest thing we've had to that yeah, are when the PGA Tour puts up no-cut events okay. where the cream of the crop are in the field and they're taking home a paycheck no matter what happens right. out there, right? That's kind of the closest thing we've had to it. But I do think that it might we might be getting into a little bit of a slippery slope if you've got on both sides of the coin where now you're getting paid to be one place or the other. I have to, maybe this is just me just holding out hope for this, mm-hmm. but I would hope that there are some guys that it is truly more important than money. They, they realize there are. they're already making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the, the top, top echelon of the best golfers. The guys who are on the player board, stuff like that. These are guys who are taking home 10 plus million dollars a year in earnings and, you know, even more in yeah, sponsorship they have nine figure net worth, I'm sure. They are Speed, all doing fine. Rory, yeah. I had a hope that this, some of the holdout is over something else, over maybe they're holding out for more communication. Maybe it's something like that. Mm-hmm. That's what I would hope. Let's just stop right there real quick. Let's do a quick word from our sponsors. Then I'll come back and I'm going to tell you what, what I think is, is probably the biggest driver of what's holding up okay. this deal. And I yep. think it's even more so than on an individual basis. I think this is, comes really down to entities as a whole. So let's do a word from our sponsors. We'll come right back to that. All right. It's January. It is freezing, but Thermo Series from FootJoy, we've been raving about it the past few months, and it's the most advanced apparel layering system in the game. Thermo Series offers a range of distinct layering pieces uh, for different conditions designed to be worn together. Guys, the apparel, it's top-notch, super quality gear. Uh, you won't be disappointed. And this stuff, it allows you to effortlessly adapt as the weather continues continues to evolve. This morning, it was like 20 degrees out, and now it's like 40. Yeah. But it's still 
still cold, but you know, as you go through the day, in fact, I saw someone getting out of their car and playing golf today. It was crazy. I was like, Good there's no for this snow guy. on the ground. You go play golf. This guy yeah. was playing, and you know, hopefully, he had this on because this is advanced gear. It keeps you warm and comfortable, and it allows that full range of motion through the swing, even though you're all bundled up. So, go check out the entire lineup of Thermo Series, guys. As the day evolves, you can evolve with it. All right, and guys, look, the hours have been put in, the work has been done, and as that moment approaches, you either fear it or you feel it. For Titleist, it's a moment filled with pure anticipation, the culmination of a relentless pursuit of speed in every form. So step up and settle in with confidence with that Titleist TSR driver in your hands. The Titleist TSR drivers are packed with performance in every head, from the new fake technologies to CG improvements and aerodynamic refinements. When everything moves the needle, you're playing at Titleist speed. So go to Titleist.com to learn more about the TSR medals and schedule your fitting today. Titleist TSR, find your faster. All right, so before the break, I said that I have my, kind of my own theory, I think, of what, what's holding this up. And I, what I, one thing that I, I think that has to be said is that there's been a lot of changes to the entire landscape of this deal since it was first announced. Mm-hmm. Both tours are arguably in a much different position of where they were then. Right. Now, as we look at this deal in general... It was originally structured largely on the PGA Tour being in the stronger position. Live at the time was scooping up some big names, right. no doubt, applying the pressure. But the PGA Tour was still in the, what I would call more inferior position of having more players, having official World Golf yep. rankings points, all those types of things. Mm-hmm. Having broadcast deals, having a lot of things that Live was after at the time. So... The way that this was largely proposed was that under this framework agreement, the PGA Tour would would form this new entity, but the PGA Tour would take the lead in that entity. Mm -hmm. And guys who are in charge now, guys like Jay, would continue to call the shots. Mm -hmm. They would largely, like I said, be in that position of power, whether you call it PGA Tour Enterprises or whatever the new for-profit name was going to be. I think what happened, though, is you had a situation where Liv has slowly but steadily increased its leverage, increased its position through, A, taking on more names, more desirable names and pulling them from the PGA Tour, Mm -hmm. and B, slowly working their way into more broadcast deals, starting to get their product out there in front of, you know, more uh, you know, more eyeballs, things like that. And I think the, even when the original framework agreement was set, there was a lot of speculation of whether Liv would even survive. Right, yeah. Right? So now, as Liv, and I think one of their last kind of nail-in-the-coffin type of moment was when they, they scooped up John Rahm right, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, right before the deadline was approaching to put that last bit of leverage on. So I look at this from the PGA Tour standpoint and, and Liv standpoint, and I'm thinking... Live, what would be their incentive at the, at the position that they're in now, where they've gotten to a point of, of pretty strong position? Yeah. They're still, don't get me wrong, they don't have all the cards. No, they, they don't. They still don't have world rankings. They still have some issues there, right? right? But why would they, what, what would be the smart business move for them to pay something on the order of $2 billion only to effectively become absorbed and become like a sub-league of the PGA That's Tour? That's what they're after. Right. Yeah. 
And I think that that's a large part of the holdup. And I think as Liv largely started being like, we don't need you as much as you think we need you. And as inside the players, a lot of the players gave the pushback. You saw like a guy like Rory who said he would retire before he played anything having to do with under a live flag, right? Mm -hmm. As you had that Mm -hmm. pressure, I think the PGA Tour started to rush to find other sponsors to bring in. And I think the wording that was in this memo from Jay Monahan is very interesting. So this is that memo we talked about earlier that came out right, you know, at almost at the stroke of midnight on the last day of the deal, New Year's Eve. Mm -hmm. And I think the very first line sheds a lot of light on how much the PGA tour is now trying to downplay live. Cause they said, the, the memo starts off by saying, I wanted to provide an update on our negotiations with strategic sports group, the public investment fund and the DP world tour Mm. from the get. This was not a deal with strategic sports group. Right. This was not a framework agreement with them. Yeah. It was a framework agreement with the PIF. Right. And now here the narrative is attempting to be changed to saying it's like, no, it's now it's a, just a big agreement amongst a lot of people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I right. get it. More moving parts means it's got more to do with the agreement. It's going to, it's going to slow things down. But I continue to see verbiage and wording and, an emphasis that just seems like the PGA tour is just trying to continue to push live back into this smaller stakeholder. And live is probably thinking we're only getting bigger. Don't make us smaller. Right. Further on in the memo, um, they, they, this is kind of interesting. The wording he used, he said, our goal for 2024 is to reach agreements with the SSG, the PIF and the DP world tour bringing them on board as minority co-investors in PGA tour enterprises <laughs> to me. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying, like I said, I, I agree with it. I'm not saying that as far as what, what's the right and wrong business decision to do here, but I'm just saying just taking like basic elementary business mm. If I'm trying to put up that much money or whatever it may be, and my position's only getting stronger as Liv has been getting, why would they want to be put into such a smaller category of a minority co-investor lumped in with others? I think that's largely what's holding this up. I think that the PGA Tour's continual desire to make Liv seem less significant than they are and Liv's continual mm. desire to feel possibly more significant than they are is butting heads a little bit too much. Could be very well, yeah. And causing a lot of wheels to grind to a halt. Yeah, that's wild to think of like that. Right. And let me ask you this. Take it one step further. Does Liv, the people who back Liv, the money that backs Liv, is there an endless amount to the point where they can literally put the PJ Tour out of business? Can they just endlessly buy every player? billions upon billions to say let's just get rid of the pga tour and become and just control golf worldwide i my answer to this would be twofold one i think monetarily i think they physically could but it's a long game but i still think what it comes down to is there are certain players who cannot be bought they quit i.e tiger woods things like that and we never see him again then that would be the fallout of it. Yes. What I what I do think is I do think that that the PIF probably does have what we would consider unlimited deep pockets mm-hmm. that they could continue to pour money in. However, I also I also think that their 
they're not stupid investors, so to speak. And I think right. that I mean, even right. in their mind, and, and we've heard this from Liv before in the PIF, was that they they have their own exit strategies where they wanted individual investors to come in and start buying teams, and they weren't going to fund this forever. It comes back to a thing that we've talked about here on the podcast before, is like the ultimate and the broad sustainability of this. Is there truly sustainability? Is the game of golf bringing in enough money and enough eyeballs? And then we can say, which is true, we know it's the fastest growing sport in America right now. I don't think any of this quarreling is helping that. Mm -hmm. I think if anything, it's hurting it like we talked about earlier. But the reality is, even with it, it being the fastest growing sport, there's still a certain tipping point of a return on investment where you would just be burning money. We've even seen it like with recently Wells Fargo dipping out of the PGA Tour because even though they've been a long time, very loyal sponsor, mm-hmm. some of these elevated events just got too expensive for them, yeah. right? They're the ones who are looking at it and saying, look, why would I spend $15 million on this? I'm not going to make that money back. Right. I'll go invest my money elsewhere. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I don't think there's anyone involved in this who holds the, the money in their hand who's a big enough fan that they're going to say they're going to run this at a loss forever. Yeah, no, so right. I think that while the PIF could keep increasing it, spend five, ten billion dollars. If they look at it as a long game investment, but for that's generations like, to come, you have to see golf. where is it eventually that where's that money going to be made back. But could they even get rid of the tour? Because even if every single PGA Tour event evaporated, wouldn't the four majors still exist? They would, but that's not the PGA Tour, right? So maybe at that point, fans could be like, well, the PJ Tour in here isn't here. I hate live. I'm just going to watch these four events. Well, that comes right back full circle to what we started the show off saying. We're saying like in that tweet that a lot of your casual viewers yeah. are in fact doing that. And that's why I think at the end of the day, I think that the deal needs to get done. And then that's where the, that's, there's some hope that I can see in, in uh, Phil Mickelson's statements. Don't, don't worry. It's going to, something's yeah. going to happen. You're going to see all the best players play together because from our standpoint as fans, that's all we really want, right? right. We want to be able to see all the best pl- players right. play together. That's why we tune into the majors. Mm-hmm. And likewise, that, that, scenario benefits everyone it benefits sponsors because sponsors are going to come around and they're, they're going you know as people watch the eyeballs are there mm-hmm. the sponsors are there etc cetera, etc cetera. it's the consistent fragmentation that's causing this problem where what i'm saying is that we need to get to the and we're not saying the negotiation table we can only speculate from the outside yes, exactly but we need to get to the root of what is really holding this up and I think what's holding it up, it's more nuanced and more dynamic than, than all this. And there could be, like you said in your argument, there could be some players who want better compensation to stick around. Yeah, maybe. And maybe they've got a tipping point where eventually they would just go to live if they're not going to be compensated properly there. But I think there's also a certain degree where you've got two entities in the PGA Tour and live, and neither mm. one of them wants to kind of take that backseat exactly. role. I think that's it. Right. And, and, and that what comes out of any negotiation. Yeah. Negotiation really like is like is two, two sides that want something. Yeah. You know, and right. I think that this is where we need some voice of reason in there and be like, at some point, guys, we could bicker about this and extend this forever, but we're killing the game. We love doing it. Right. So at some point, what, even if it's maybe the PGA Tour has to loosen its grip, maybe there has to be a, a more of a, a shared type of responsibility of, of governing over the new league mm-hmm. 
And they can't just say, well, sure, you can come on over and be under the PGA Tour Enterprises and we'll just tell we'll call the shots once you're here and we'll take your money. Right. Right? Yeah. They might or you know, or or maybe who who knows? Or maybe it's it's live as a less of a of a financial burden and they're willing to give up a little bit more. I really don't know, but it just seems like looking at the outside looking in, there's definitely a little bit too much of that you know, push back on either side. Totally, totally. And I'll even make another, just a bold prediction that if Liv continues to, to gain steam and get stronger, you could see Liv majors. Where Liv team majors. Yeah, but anybody can call anything a of major. Of course, but they're going to start. It doesn't mean it's a major. But imagine you had a, three Liv majors a year and the winner takes 50 million each. Now it's like a heavyweight fight. It's like a mat, the Capital One match. You know, it's big money. I do get it. But on the same token, we've run the polls on the site before. We've money doesn't it. matter to people. The, for right. the fans. To the fans. The fans right. And that's right. not what makes a major a major. Right. I mean, the history of the Masters, I don't think anything's going to beat that. Right. But I'm saying, what if Liv figures out these like loopholes say, hey, we're going to come up with our own Liv Golf World Ranking System. If you want to play in Liv, you got to, you know what I mean? And like, we got our own ranking system. Which effectively system. is what they're trying system. to do with, exactly. their, with their entry points and things like that. So I think well, one thing we've learned, and I think you guys can tell us if you don't believe this in the comments, but I think one thing that from watching this for so long, we've learned is that the, per- the size of the purses is not what's going to cause people to tune in. But I think what's going to cause people to tune in is who's playing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that a smart business move on Liv's end would be to continue to take that money that they're investing instead of investing them in bigger and bigger purses and making the guys who are already there richer, continuing to try to use that money to try to bring guys in if that's what they want to do. Because I think that's what does cause you to change the channel. Right. Right. I, 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 admittedly, I don't watch a lot of the live events. I don't watch them as close as I do the PGA touring. That could be just habitual because I've been watching the PGA tour for so many decades now. I right. just know what events I tune in. Exactly. But I'll tell you the truth. If you got to a point where 10, you know, 15 of the top 20 guys are all playing in a live event, I, I'm going to start to tune yeah. in because I got to start to watch what the, the these guys are doing. And do you, do you think that all this helps the Corn Ferry Tour or guys coming up now just they're saying like, just keep getting better because you're going to play somewhere and you're going to make money somewhere. Well, or is it the opposite? Like this game is going to get killed and you're never going to make it. I think anytime you have this much money floating around, I think it drives a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. And I think no doubt that it's it's probably even driving more people into the sport, which is a good thing. Sense, you know, yeah. there's, there's like I said, there's silver linings here to be found and right. stuff like that. But I do think that the the biggest problem is that that what we're going on now is it where where there's a a constant in limbo agreement is not sustainable for the game yeah. and i think you're going to start to see more voices like the one we saw in that initial tweet saying we're exhausted by this either come together or separate let us pick sides or don't whatever it may be but at some point you're ripping the golf world apart too much and you and and concessions need to be made yeah. and i just wonder if there's going to have to be a point in order for a deal to get done of some change in leadership. And I, and I'm not saying that I'm one of those guys who's hard and fast against Jay. I, I did not, I did not like the way that he handled it. Yeah, right. the, the, the original agreement or anything like that. But that being said, I think any, any time you have a, a, a moment in business this big, that's, not getting quite past it's it's indicative of that you need some sort of change in leadership to try to get that deal done yeah, makes sense. someone needs to come in and help bridge this gap between what the players want 
what the PGA Tour perceives it's getting and what Liv perceives it's getting. Mm-hmm. Because until we can get those perceptions to match, we're going to continue to have this problem. Yeah. There's one so, guy that can do it. He wears red on Sundays. <laughs> well, listen, Tiger's in the mix, he and is, he's been the one who has posed the idea of more ownership yep. and things like that for the players, mm-hmm. um, which is great, but it also it just increases the cost and it means does. they have to drive more sponsorships in. Mm-hmm. So I, I will, I will we'll wait and continue to wait to see what happens, but in the interim – I'm just looking at a live product that now with John Rahm, and, I, and I'm very interested to see, and we'll talk about it here on the podcast when it happens, what the broadcast numbers look like for the first live event with John Rahm in it. Mm-hmm. And if we're starting to see that type of growth, because that's the growth that live needs. But in the interim, like like I said, I just I feel like a big part of holding this deal up is live thinking we can't be put in a backseat role where we're just now absorbed under this PGA Tour Enterprises and be the biggest funder of that. Yeah, no doubt. And 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 guys, totally, definitely stay tuned because today all the interviews are starting to kick off in, at the Century. Yes. And they're going to be asked the question, you know, about the deadline. And we're going to hear some from the players, from the best players. I think the best players, ex Rory, is going to be at the Century. Yeah. So uh, yeah. And, and I think the we'll only thing that we here. know is like as of right now, this 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 limbo is going to continue at least yeah. for a couple more months. So sure. we'll continue to update you guys on it as we see more with it. Let us know your thoughts in the comments. And uh, let's just kind of hope one way or another we get some answers really soon.